0: hello everyone my name is Steffi Lynn, and welcome to Primal Alignment so for today's episode I want to talk about something that I feel like it's a pretty well-known thing like I mean even like health normies like people I would consider who like get their health advice from magazines like even they've heard this term even they know about it but I feel like people don't really understand the nuance behind it, why it happens, what does it say about your health, what does it say about your diet. You know, I think it's a really interesting topic. So for this week, we're going to talk about the science of skinny fat and how I think it contributes to body dysmorphia. Um, I think I think, you know, like I said last week about plant-based dieting and disordered eating, I think these mental issues really happen in the body first and then they start manifesting in your mind later. So I think being skinny fat is a main contributing factor to someone who may be having body dysmorphia. So... To start, we're going to talk about a well-known term in the carnivore keto low-carb community, and that is gluconeogenesis. Now, I know not everyone has heard this term, especially if you're not into low-carb dieting, so I'm going to talk about it briefly so we're all at the same place of understanding for this conversation. So gluconeogenesis is the breakdown of amino acids into glucose. Now, this happens in two main situations. Um, the first one would be that you're not eating and keeping your blood level you know, stable, your, your glucose level and your blood stable, and your body is going to then go and convert some of your muscle into glucose so that it can raise your blood sugar back up. If you've ever felt that hypoglycemic symptom of being nauseous and hungry at the same time, when that feeling goes away, if you haven't eaten anything, it's because your body has gone into gluconeogenesis to raise your blood sugar back up. So a little quick tip for anyone dieting out there or trying to lose weight, if you feel that feeling of being nauseous and hungry, know that you've let your blood sugar drop too low. And your body is signaling for you to go and eat and if you ignore that know that you are losing muscle (laughs) you're not burning fat in those situations so if you feel that feeling you should definitely go and eat so that your body will not then go and start burning your muscle now the other the other reason you bought your body could go into gluconeogenesis or at least the other main reason you know I want to keep this you know simple Um, Would be that if you eat too much um, Too much protein in one meal Your body will then convert the excess amino acids Into glucose so that it can then store it Because your body cannot store amino acids It can only store fat and glucose So that would be the other situation that could happen You know, you had a huge, you know (laughs) Me, for example, I may eat like up to two pounds of meat in one sitting it's definitely happened it's not the norm but hey i'm not going to deny myself if i want to eat a huge steak but i i am under i'm under no illusions i know for a fact gluconeogenesis is going to happen in those situations and that that excess protein is going to be converted into glucose you know i know that's the case i accept it it's fine (laughs) Um, I do want to have a little side note before I go into the science of skinny fat. I'm going to talk about that next. I just want to mention this real quick. One thing I want to make clear about myself is that I'm not going to be like a super analytical, like science-based, evidence-based sort of podcaster. I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in sourcing myself. Um, I'm just here to talk, talk about topics I find interesting and how they've related to me in my life, you know, my past with my past eating disorders and then now in my present. So, you know, I'm, that's what I'm interested in doing and I'm not here to like give you a lesson of like how to eat or to give you a lesson of like why a certain metabolic process in the body is happening. That is not my intention. My intention is to offer you a perspective, maybe something you haven't considered yet so that, then, so that you can go and look more into it yourself. It might inspire you and it might be the answer to a question you've had for a long time. For example, I'm hoping anyone who has struggled with bad body image and being skinny fat can kind of take what I'm saying here and maybe understand what's going on more with themselves better. And they'll look into it more themselves and they may experiment a bit and, you know, hopefully it will help them. That's more my intention, you know, just talking about topics I find interesting and then talking about how they've kind of applied to me. I'm not giving like advice. I'm not trying to advocate any certain way for someone to eat. And if it may sound like that, just know I'm just offering a perspective to you and you can take it or leave it and you can even disagree with me. And that's, fine like i love discussion and i love hearing other people's perspectives and like the awesome thing is we don't have to agree you know it could just be like we could all throw our own experiences and people who are on the fence about things you know they could take what we say or leave it and it's great and it's awesome and we can all experiment with ourselves so i just want people to know that i'm not going to be like an evidence-based like studies type of person just i'm not interested in that i i'm not here to give you like a lesson on things so knowing that we can move forward (laughs) because i know from this point on i am going to be talking about like you know like people in the low carb community they know what gluconeogenesis is and everyone has their own opinion on it and you know i want to talk about like electrolytes in the future and are you in ketosis eating carnivore diet like these are things i want to discuss and i know not everyone in these communities will necessarily agree just like people in the recovery community, I know won't probably necessarily agree with my views on how recovery should go, and that's fine. I'm just offering a perspective to someone who may be struggling if the run-of-the-mill advice isn't really working for them. So with that out of the way, um, I wanna talk about the science of skinny fat and how gluconeogenesis is the contributing factor behind that and how being skinny fat Is what leads to body dysmorphia in my opinion in my experience so as someone who started dieting in high school as you guys know I went from 200 pounds to 150 pounds at 6 feet which is a super healthy weight for my body but when I look in the mirror I would see a much fatter body than was looking back at me I still felt like I was just as fat as the day I began. I might as well have been that chubby kid still. I just hated what I saw in the mirror and I felt like I couldn't wear clothes that I wanted to, which was really unfortunate because I knew 150 pounds was healthy for my weight. I remember my doctor like complimenting me and telling me I had done a good job and that I was healthy. I remember my dad saying like I did it like you know now I just got to maintain and I would just look in the mirror and hate what I saw like I I felt like I had made no progress basically and I'll tell you what my problem areas were it was my stomach and my thighs but much more so my stomach I held such a disproportionate amount of fat in my stomach compared to the rest of my body like my body seemed to have burned everywhere else everywhere else pretty evenly but when it came to my stomach it just held on to it like it was just so ridiculous like if i wore a shirt that was a little bit tight it would be baggy around like my arms and my chest but it would be super super tight around my stomach which was so stupid looking like it looked ridiculous like i had to wear baggy shirts because of that like i couldn't wear anything form-fitting because I was skin- I-, I had an extremely skinny upper body. It was very, very skinny. And I just like, I remember being at the gym, d- doing this like ab machine where it would it kind of focused your ob- obliques. And so you'd be upright twisting your midsection around and you'd have to hold these bars on either side so it would like keep your arms jutted out. And I remember my dad one day, you know, after I had finished a set and I was resting, he's like, "Your arms look so skinny. Like your elbows are, like, insane looking." And I kind of just laughed. And he's like, "No, I'm, I'm serious. You need to do something about this. Like, you have concentration camp arms." <laughs> I know that may be insensitive, but he really did have a point. My arms, <laughs> my arms were that skinny. And if you're someone who's been listening for a few episodes and especially if you've listened to the Let Me Be Frank podcast where we talked about eating disorders, like my family had nicknamed nicknamed me the bulimic giraffe, like when I was really skinny and they didn't know I had bulimia. So that's just the type of family I was part of. We give each other the business. Like we make fun of we make fun of each other. So, you know, don't don't be like um like don't feel bad for me. That's just <laughs> <laughs> it's just the relationship we had. And like, you know, I like that that's our relationship. We make fun of each other. But yeah, he, he, he said my arms are way too skinny. And I, you know, I remember going into the locker room after that workout, looking in the mirror, like, yeah, my arms are so skinny. So why is my stomach so fat? <laughs> like, why is my stomach so much more fat? than the rest of my body. It doesn't make any sense. Like I could look in the mirror and acknowledge that like my whole upper body, my face, my chest, my, my collarbone sticking out, my arms being very bony. I mean, my wrist, I could, you know, you could see like almost like just extremely skinny wrists, you know? And I just, I I could see that. That wasn't like hidden or anything. Like I I didn't sit there viewing myself with fat arms. That wasn't the case at all. My my issue was that my body was not proportionate to itself at all. Like why wasn't my midsection as skinny as my upper body? That's what I wanted. So why why did this happen to me? Like why was my body losing fat in this like horrible disproportionate way? Like it made no sense. It almost felt like I hadn't lost like any fat in my in my stomach at all. I think no, I think I know the reason for this is gluconeogenesis. What happened was was that I was waking up before school and doing the Nordic track for an hour and then I would skip breakfast I would go to school I would skip lunch and then I would come home and have a rice and bean dinner (laughs) and then I would go to bed so you know even though I wasn't anorexic even though I, I only consider myself in high school to be disordered. I definitely was, you know, really messing my body up by not eating consistently and by eating this plant-based, nutrient-deficient, peasant diet. So to break this down a little bit better, um, I would go to school and on the daily, I would be one of those kids in school who whose stomach would start growling just like obnoxiously loud and if it were quiet, you know everyone would hear that growl and they wouldn't always know it was for me, but you know my stomach would growl like at least in every single every single morning and when that would happen, I would feel like nauseous and very hungry, and it was just it was it was just really unfortunate because i didn't understand what was happening i was going through hypoglycemia my blood sugar was dropping because i had worked out which lowers your blood sugar and then i had skipped meals so my blood sugar is never being replenished and i'm a carb burner you know i'm not going to be anywhere near ketosis eating rice and beans it just is what it is fasting alone isn't enough to be in ketosis in my opinion like you need a lot more going on there and i was technically intermittent fasting i was basically having an omad every day you know one meal a day i had my rice and beans at dinner time like that's what i was doing i was intermittent fasting which is why you know a little side note i always think like vegans who are intermittent fast are kind of hilarious because if you're not running out fat you're you're just not fueling yourself you're literally starving yourself but that's a whole other that's a whole other topic i can discuss so When I'm in class and my blood sugar is dropping and my stomach is growling and I'm feeling nauseous, you know, that feeling always would pass in like 15 to 20 minutes and then I wouldn't think about it again. But now that I'm older and wiser, I understand that when that feeling stopped, that was because my body made the executive decision to go and start converting my muscle into glucose. So the reason I had no fat on my upper body was because my body was eating it so that it could keep my blood sugar raised so that I wouldn't pass out, (laughs) you know, like that, that is exactly what's happening. So as I'm like working out and skipping meals and losing weight, like the scale is going down, but my body is not going to burn its survival net, you know, it's survival fat because it doesn't understand it's in the modern time and that there isn't a famine it it is assuming that I am NOT finding any food and the food I am finding has no nutrients in it and like my body is like playing it real carefully like it's not about to start burning it's the only thing that's essential to live which is the body fat <laughs> your body will burn the collagen around your eyelids way before it will burn the fat in your stomach. If it thinks there's a survival situation happening, you don't need that collagen to live. You you don't need that muscle in your arms, but you need that fat on your body. That survival fat is important. So that is what was happening. That is why I was skinny fat instead of losing my fat proportionately because my body was like going in and eating my upper body away. And it's so interesting to look back and know that. But back then, being this like insecure teenager in high school who couldn't even wear a shirt that would fit her right, like I would just look in that mirror and like look at my my midsection and think, oh my god, like what what is wrong with me? Like do I gotta lose more weight. Do, do I really have to keep going? Like I'm already at the perfect weight for my height. Like 150 pounds is right in the middle. Of the range for a healthy weight, you know, you could be as high as 170 or as low as 132, which eh, 132 is quite low. <laughs> I would never go that low again for my height. But, you know, that was the weight range for me. And I, I, I just couldn't understand like, I, well, I have to be even skinnier, like, you know, and people didn't know this because I hid that I hid my midsection. like I would only wear baggy things. Like I would wear clothes that are much too big for me. My pants were always too big for me. Like I always wore baggy clothes. And even in 10th grade where the school uniforms came into play because I did have school uniforms in my public school for the last three years of high school, I'd wear a baggy polo shirt, baggy khaki pants. Like I, I my clothes are just always too big on me because I didn't want anyone to know that I had this like disproportionate looking body. And I'm looking in the mirror, like hyper focusing on it. And this is where I think the dysmorphia really came into play. Um, I'm deficient. My body is deficient. It's, it's assuming there's a survival situation going on. So it's not going to burn any body fat. And so my mind, which hasn't been getting any fat and cholesterol, is going to start perceiving my body completely wrong. So I start viewing myself even worse than I actually am. Like I'm looking at myself and seeing my stomach as like, you know, 50% fatter than it actually is and seeing my thighs like 50% fatter than they actually are. And it's because I'm just hyper focusing on these areas. It, It probably isn't as bad as I'm remembering it, but when you're so, when you're, Already disordered, like way before the eating disorder, you're just like you know, you're just on the disordered eating train. You haven't straight up gotten the full blown eating disorder yet, but you know, when you're eating in a messed up kind of way, you know, fasting with a plant based diet, and you're working, you're overly, you're overly working out, and or excessive, you're working out excessively, and. You know your body is going through gluconeogenesis constantly to preserve your fat because it's it's fearing that you're gonna starve to death. You know you're you're gonna have some body dysmorphia because of that. There's just so many physical things going on, and I'm not even like talking about the other things I had like anemia and zinc deficiency. Like I'm not even going on about that, which I think also contributes to your mental state like a hundred percent. Your mind and body are connected I said this in last week's episode like I think it starts in the body first and then it will start and manifest in your mind and you really need to heal both simultaneously if you really want to have a chance at being like healthy or recovering so you know my body I'm getting frustrated with it. I feel jiggly. I'm losing weight, but I'm not losing anything in my stomach. And I just feel like no matter what I do, it's not enough. And that is what really pushed me in college to start like calorie counting, working out even more and not eating my calories back. So it's interesting when I was in col when I was in college, I didn't feel hypoglycemic symptoms as often as I did in high school. And that's because I did actually eat like more frequently throughout the day. But my, my biggest issue there was that I wasn't eating enough and I wasn't eating back the calories I was burning at the gym. So that is what really pushed me like the bi dysmorphia and the fact that my body fat was so disproportionate to myself I just that pushed me to have the eating disorder because I was sick of hating my body I was sick of working so hard and I was sick of feeling fatter and fatter honestly and looking back on it now and understanding what was going on my body was just trying to survive I wasn't really giving it any other options I you know I didn't even give it like a chance so you know my body fat continued to rise even though I was losing weight. So what does being skinny fat say about your health? Um, For me personally, I would say if you're skinny fat, like even if you're a pretty low weight, like if you have a high body fat percentage, you definitely have something hormonally imbalanced with you. You definitely need to take some steps in my opinion, or at least like, when I'm looking at myself, like I would want to fix that, because you're supposed to have a certain amount of muscle and a certain amount of fat on your body at all times. Like, of course, um, one thing that I know now, like today, is that I never want to be like skinny again. Like that is something that I've just I've made peace with. I don't want to be skinny. I want to look healthy and vibrant, and having some you know having a few pounds of like body fat you know to keep my body feeling safe and you know like survival fat like you know you should have some survival fat on your body I think it's important like if you're a man and say you go on you go hiking and you get lost and you're lost for like 18 days in the woods like what if he was like a super fit guy you know bodybuilder type of dude he has like eight percent body fat like that is scary right there that is not a ton of body fat to get you through to live especially if you have no survival skills you're not going to find any food you know what if you were instead like 12 percent body fat you're still going to look aesthetic you're just going to have a little extra survival fat on you so that you can survive in a situation like that and and that's how i kind of view what i want my goal body to look like yeah, like of course I want to be like aesthetic to a point, but I'm not willing to sacrifice my health and I want to keep that layer of fat on my body, you know, underneath my skin, you know, in my face, you know, so that I don't look emaciated and so that if I, you know, God forbid, if I ever am in like some sort of situation where I cannot eat, <laughs> My body won't have to immediately go and eat all of my muscle away. It can kind of evenly take from both so that I can get through that situation and survive because I'll have an extra like five to 10 pounds on me. And that's fine. That's healthy. That's how the human body is meant to be. We're not meant meant to be like these lean bodybuilder bodies. And if that's your goal, that's fine. You can do that in a healthy way, in my opinion. But that's definitely like not how we were supposed to be and you, you know, we can all acknowledge that and not be like offended about it. You know, I don't want to be that way anymore. When I was disordered I wanted to, you know, be that way. When I started recovery, I wanted to have like a bodybuilder, you know, I wanted to be like a twelve percent body fat, you know, bodybuilding woman. Like I used to want that when I was disordered because I, I didn't want any excess fat on my body. And now I'm like, I do want that. I do want a little excess fat on my body. That's completely fine. You know, if I'm 25% body fat, which is completely healthy for a woman, like I'm completely happy with that. I could survive, a, a, I could survive in a situation like that and I can still look aesthetic enough where I would be like healthy and vibrant, you know, that, that, that is completely fine for me. That's all I want at this point. I'm not trying to be skinny anymore. Like I've been skinny before and it never looked good. I was never happy. And I know more now, like I don't want gluconeogenesis to ruin my body, which interestingly enough now I'm losing weight with the carnivore diet. I started when I was 255 pounds and I'm now like 185 ish. <laughs> my scale's still broken, so I don't have an exact number. But, you know, I'm around 185 pounds right now and my body fat is so much more proportionate than it used to be when I was 150 pounds. Like, I think my body looks, you know, like more aesthetic now than it used to when I was 155 pounds and I'm 35 pounds heavier and I really think that's because my body isn't fearing a famine right now because I'm nourishing myself with animal foods. I'm getting all the nutrients I need to function and my body knows I'm getting adequate nutrition. You know, I eat like two to three meals a day, I don't fast and I eat when I'm hungry. I'll eat four meals if I if I want to. If I feel that hunger, I'll do it. Um I don't feel that hypoglycemic symptom much, but if I do feel it, I will immediately go and eat because I don't want my body to start burning my muscle away, you know. So, my body now is actually losing fat proportionately for the first time in my life. My stomach isn't just like this big bulging thing compared to the rest of my body. It's it, it all looks like very proportionate, and I'm so grateful for that. I don't have any body dysmorphia looking in the mirror because of that. Like I I feel like I can see myself and. I'm happy and confident every single day. I I don't move through the world like insecure or feeling that I'm too big. Like I, I really feel like healthy and happy and vibrant. And I really believe that's because I'm eating this nutrient dense diet and I'm not restricting any calories. I think that's important. If you want to lose some weight, you have to fix your hormones first. You have to get yourself balanced and losing weight will always be a a byproduct of a healthy body. And you can do some things to speed up the process, of course, you know. But at least for me, where I am in my life currently, I'm not willing to really like actively lose weight. (laughs) It's kind of just happening at its own pace, you know. Like the most I'm willing to do is like, like I'll restrict my cheese intake. Like that—that that is like the most I'm willing to do, you know. Like I will eat as much meat, as much animal fat as I want, as needed. I want my body to feel safe. I want my body to know that there is not a famine, and that it is okay to release some of the excess fat that is, of course, still on my body. You know, like I do have excess fat, and I do have like aesthetic goals, just as well as I have health goals. The biggest difference from back then to now. Is that my health goals are coming first and that's never been the case you know it wasn't until when I started carnivore and I stopped calorie counting and macro counting that the real results actually happened something interesting to know is I actually started carnivore a few times before it stuck and you know like I kept trying and failing for probably like two to three months and the only difference between when it stuck and when i was failing was that i was attempting to track my calories still so i would you know i would reach my calories eating carnivore and i would still want to eat so then i would binge because my binge boys would come in and go well you'll just start carnivore tomorrow it'll be fine it wasn't until i was like no i'm gonna eat to satiation every single day i do not care about weight loss right now it'll come when it comes and then it just happened effortlessly. So I, I I think that's important for people to avoid being skinny fat, you need to actually eat. <laughs> I know you want to lose weight and I know you think less is more, but trust me, people will restrict and restrict and restrict and they'll get fatter and fatter. Like that is literally what happened to me. Like all of my body like emaciated away to the point where my dad's like, You have concentration camp arms, but I still had a fat stomach. <laughs> you know which is also a sign of estrogen dominance which is you know a whole o- I could get into a whole other like podcast about like you know metabolic factors like that but you know I want to keep it pretty simple the main culprit for being a skinny fat is gluconeogenesis and not not nourishing your body keeping yourself healthy and safe those are going to be the biggest issues and those are are going to be what contributes to to being skinny fat And it's sad because I really think like this is the start of someone getting on an eating disorder. That's why I think anyone is susceptible to it because, you know, you don't really know anything about nutrition. So you just follow the nutritional guidelines because why, why wouldn't you, you don't know anything else. That's what I did. And so you eat this nutrient deficient diet. You're not getting results. You keep cutting calories. You're losing weight on the scale and you're just getting fatter in the mirror. And that's going to cause you to start getting disordered. You're going to have body dysmorphia. You're getting nutrient deficiencies on top of that. You're starving your brain of fat and cholesterol. So you're not even going to give yourself a chance to like protect yourself against an eating disorder, which is a mental illness. And you, you know, you just fall into this trap. And I think it all starts with this plant-based diet and, you know, gluconeogenesis coming in and burning all your muscle away and leaving you fat. (laughs) even though you are skinny, you're still fat. And that is just such a such a tragedy. Honestly, it's, it's very sad. People don't understand. Um, so I think I'm going to cap off part one here. Um, I'm hoping for part two, I'm going to have a special guest, which is my best friend, Frank from the, let me be Frank podcast. Um, he also has an Instagram, uh, Frank Anthony books and um you know he talks he'll talk about everything um including health and fitness but he he'll talk about any hot topic honestly and um he also struggled with being skinny fat with me i mean we we're childhood friends we've known each other since like first grade and um you know we're both like 20 we're about to turn 28 so <laughs> we've had a long friendship and we've both struggled with being skinny fat, trying to lose weight. You know, we've had, we both had our own like separate eating disorder struggles and, you know, we challenged each other, you know, we did a podcast together on his, where we talked about our eating disorders together. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping for part two, we're going to have him join us and he's going to talk about like his experience with being skinny fat and like, what does he know about like, you know, gluconeogenesis and, you know, like just what has his experience been? And like, what is he doing differently now? And we're just going to have like a fun discussion about that. So I hope you guys will join us on Thursday and I'll see you then. Bye.